the kingship of Jesus. That's what we've been exploring the past few Sundays, what it means for Jesus to be king. We've been saying a lot of things. At this point, maybe I shouldn't be recapping because that's half the sermon. But if you want to catch up, they're all online. Uh, please, yeah, please check it out. Um, today's uh, sermon um, can be titled, The King Who Understands. The King Who Understands. Now, we've been saying a lot about the, uh, Jesus the King. He's close, he's intimate, he cares for us. Unlike earthly rulers who are only interested in what we can provide for them, money, uh, adulation, glory, Jesus is here for us. And today, we see him, um, you know, in some ways at his best. It's complicated. We talked last week about demons and how odd that can be. But if we're willing to sort of hold that and bracket that for a second, wherever you may be and what you think about demons in the spiritual world, uh, a key moment, a key action of Jesus right now is that he's healing. Right? He goes to Peter's house and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. I wonder how he felt about that. No. But uh, he healed her, right? And then he goes and he preaches and he teaches. And then a demon-possessed man comes and he heals that man. And so many people show up to Jesus and he's healing diseases. He's healing sicknesses. He's taking care of people. And I think off the bat, if it, there's anything else you take away from today, I want to say it up front. Jesus, the King, God made flesh. He comes to us and he cares about you. He can see what's going on in your life, what's going on in my life. You know, he understands us and he knows how to meet our needs. He meets our needs as no one else can, right? Because there are times when we, we love people, we care for them, and then they come to us with their problems, with their struggles, and we do our best to try to meet their needs as best we can, right? And sometimes we feel competent and able to be a friend, be a family to this person in need, but sometimes we, we experience our limits. I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, right? Or often because our help is so inadequate, it's not wanted. But Jesus is different. Jesus always knows what to do, what to say, how to heal. He understands us. He has the power to do that which we can't. And that very well could be the sermon. <laughs> to simply say Jesus understands us and you should go to him with your, your troubles, with your heart, with your very life and have him heal. Have him heal you. But there's always, I think, the human component. There's something we bring to the table that trips us up. And every Sunday we kind of talk about that thing that trips us up when we come to Jesus. Because when we have stories of Jesus healing, and we read them in church, and I've been doing this long enough, that I've heard similar comments come up over and over again. Oh, wouldn't it be great if Jesus just, that's all he needs to do. Just heal people. Don't worry about all that synagogue teaching stuff, the Bible, and talking about theology, and all the spiritual stuff. Just Help people. Be a good neighbor. Just be kind. Look at Jesus. He's just healing. That's all you got to do. Right? And here we are as Christians. Like, hey, Christians, St. George, that's great. Doing food and friends, feeding the community. That's great. Just keep doing that. Don't talk about the Bible and Jesus being the only way to God and all that. 
stuff. Just do more things. Just do. And that's it. That's all not a spirituality is about, right? Well, no, I guess is the short answer. And Jesus is showing us it's not the way. So we're saying that Jesus understands us, but I think part of it is that hopefully we're coming to a place where we are trying to understand him. Jesus understands us. That's, that's a layup. <clears throat> are we understanding who Jesus is? Because notice some key words in this gospel reading. First it says, he healed Peter's mom. Then people brought all the sick, the demoniac came. He healed them. He said, he healed many people. He healed many people. It could have said he healed all the people in that town. That's not what it says. He healed many people. And I think you can understand that. You can know that. Sometimes you pray for something and, God, can you take care of this? All right? I have this tummy ache. Or, I just did a blood test and I'm scared of what the doctor's going to say. This runs in my family. I'm nervous. God, can you take care of this? My mom is sick. My dad, he's not doing too well. You know what I'm talking about. We've had those prayers. And then we look at Jesus and you think, well, all Jesus has to do to earn my allegiance is just do, just cast your powers and change my life. I just lost my job. Can you just snap your fingers, give me a new job? Make several thousand appear in my bank account and you're God, you can do anything. In other words, what we, when you look at Jesus, we say, I'm not too worried about all this Son of God stuff and theology and all that to the Bible. What I just care about is if you would meet my material needs. That's all you should be doing, Jesus. Meet my material needs, and that's all I need. I'd be happy if I just had the stuff that I want. If my body didn't hurt. And then we see this story, and if you parse it through, it gets a little weird. Because you think, why didn't he heal everyone? And then he goes off to pray. And his friends had to look for him. He's obviously secluded, praying. And then what does he say to them? All right, well, we're going to the next towns. We're leaving this place, right? Some are healed, many, not all. And we're leaving, going to the next town, so that I may preach, for that is what I came to do. That's significant. Because when we come to God, we come to Jesus and we say, all I need, I don't care about the theology mumbo-jumbo, all I need is that you meet my material needs. Jesus looks back at us and he says, you are misunderstanding your situation. It's clear to me now that you don't get it. One of the famous stories in the Bible, one of the most famous healing stories, is Jesus in a house and he's preaching and teaching. It's, it's packed. He's a very attractive speaker. It's a full house. And there's a man who's been paralyzed. He's kind of like a gurney. And his friends who care about this paralyzed man, what they do is because he can't get through, the house is so full, as they climb to the roof of the house and they rip open the the roof, they excavate it, and then uh, they gently lower their friend who's on the gurney, place him, you can imagine, right in front of Jesus, interrupting his his speaking because they're saying, he has a problem. We care about him. His legs aren't working. His body doesn't work. That's hard in any age, but I would say especially in ancient Rome, Roman times. 
Help him. You have the power. You can snap your hands and heal. Heal him. What does Jesus do? The first thing that Jesus, when he sees that young man, he said, oh, my son, your sins are forgiven. I can imagine that would be a very aggravating response. Right? That'd be very aggravating. Because he could have said, uh, yeah, great. Uh, blasphemy, because you're not God, so you shouldn't be forgiving people. But secondly, clearly my legs aren't working and I'm suffering. And you have the power to snap your hands and you can take care of this. Why are you talking about sin and, and theology right now? Why? I can well imagine Jesus looking at that young man if he had said that. To say to him, oh my son, everyone around here has working legs. They aren't any happier. They are not more fulfilled. They struggle with emptiness. They struggle with meaning. I said your sins are forgiven because what I came to heal is that you were, your main problem, you think it's your legs, but I could fix your legs. In fact, I'm going to in a second. But that's not going to heal your main problem of existence. You're still going to feel lonely. You're still going to feel upset. You're going to feel empty because what you need is to be reconnected to your creator. You, you severed your relationship with God, and I have come, God in the flesh, to reconnect you with me. But the problem is you have a sin problem, and I've come to heal that. I can do that, so your sins are forgiven. I've actually healed you. But so that you may know that I have the authority to forgive sins, I am now going to heal your legs as well. You can well imagine, just like our gospel reading today, that there were some people whose legs didn't work in that town who weren't healed. And Jesus traveled to the next town to preach. Because our main problem, whatever we may think it is, we have real problems. I'm not trying to make light of them. You live long enough, you say goodbye to friends, you say goodbye to families, you lose jobs, you lose reputation. There's, life is a process. My Buddhist sisters and brothers are right. Life is a process of suffering and loss. You just have to let go, get good at letting go. You know that. The longer you live, you can't hold on to it. It hurts. We go through real things. We're not trying to diminish that. And neither is Jesus. But we misunderstand our situation if we confuse the, 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 the hurt we experience by our material needs not being met. We confuse that with our main problem of existence, the main problem that we have as humans. That is a category error. We're making a mistake. And to the degree that you make the mistake and you don't rectify that, you're misunderstanding who Jesus is and what he's come to do. Because Jesus has come to heal our very being, our hearts, our lives. That part in you that no one can access, that part of you that you even shudder to look at, that you hide from yourself, that's the part that God has come to heal, to make whole. You've come to me, your sins are forgiven. Now, I can appreciate, and I want to be, I want to move carefully here, because I know I would have to, it would be a fair guess that we're all here. Some of you, if not all, are in a moment. You know what I mean? You're in the moment. You're in it. And sometimes, especially when you're a Christian, 
when you're in a moment of trial, of suffering, of hurt, and you see Jesus healing someone's legs, but not yours, it provides a stumbling block to our, our faith, right? It's like our journey with Jesus. Like, okay, old Timmy there got his legs fixed. Mine aren't working. My body still hurts. And I follow you, Jesus, and I trust in you. And what's going on? There's a, maybe you've heard of uh, Tony Evans, fantastic preacher, teacher, international ministry, Uh, him and his family, just incredible servants of God, I I would believe. And not too long ago, uh, Tony Evans' wife, Lois Evans, she passed away. Um, She courageously fought against uh, cancer, but she didn't make it. She passed away, and it was a sore hit, of course, for Tony Evans, who lost his, his, his wife, but also for the whole family, and of course for the whole ministry, because they were all into, uh, everyone was important in what they were doing. It's just a, you lost someone you know. It just hurts. What do you do? What do you say? And they had a service for her. It was broadcast uh, internationally, and um, her son came forward, and he was going to give uh, a, a eulogy. You know, all the family members were going to say something, but he came forward, and... Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of what he shared. I'd recommend you look it up. It's wonderful. It's an incredible sermon. You're well worth your time. But I just want to share one thing he said because it touched my heart. The first time I saw it, and I've gone back to it over the, over the years to be reminded. Because he was sharing his story of how when his mom passed, he was very, very bitter and resentful and angry towards God. And he was wrestling with God, he would say. He would say, God, my father has served you. My mom served you. Our whole family, we've given our whole life to serve you. And all the faithful in our church and churches across the nation, in fact, the world, were praying for my mom, for her to be okay. And we were all so sure, hands-on, Holy Spirit, she was going to be saved. You have the power to save. And then she died. You let her die. What gives? And then he'd tell you that God spoke to him. God said to him, you misunderstand the nature of my victory. He said to him, there were always only two answers to your prayer for your mother. Either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Either she was going to live or she was going to live. Either she was going to be with family, or she was going to be with family. I've already answered your prayer. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Do you get what God was saying? When you're hurting, when you're suffering, when you're in it, you're experiencing a loss. Something's dying in your life. If not literally a family member or a friend or your very self, or you're, you're getting something up that you don't want to. You're dying. And Jesus says to him, if you trust Jesus, what he says to you is, I see you going through that, but you have to understand I've already answered your prayer. The prayers that you're about to pray about this situation, I've already answered it. Because for the follower of Jesus, for the Christian, trust in Jesus, our future is defined not by death, 
and the end, and the mystery of all things. Death to us is not the end, it is a door to a new life, an infinitely better life with God. And as pie in the sky as that may sound, that's actually real. That is what animates a follower of Jesus. The death is not the end. But any loss we experience today is by definition temporary. Whatever you lose now, what you think you're losing, it is given back to you at the end, and it is more beautiful for having been lost and found. That is the Christian truth and our hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, my family member's dying, and I have to say goodbye. It's only for a time. I'm watching them die, though. It's so hard to see them suffer. Why, God? And God to say to us, just so we're clear, because there's a little bit of entitlement happening here. How are you talking to me? I had to watch my son die so that your family member could live. I've solved your problem. God, they spoke bad about me and they ruined my reputation. Now when I walk into a room, it's weird. This is unfair. Yet my son, they ruined his reputation and his life. I'm taking care of that for you. That is a temporary problem. I've solved that. And you can go down the list of everything that you're going through. God is not minimizing it. He's seeing how, how deeply hurt we are. But he steps into the story of our human lives. And he lives our life. And he dies for us. And when they murder him, he comes back to life. And he says, see, the biggest problem you have, I've already solved it. Death. Everything else for me is a layup. I'm with you. Nothing that you've loved will be lost forever. At worst, it's only for a time. I'm going to give it back to you. And the hurt that you're going through now is not meaningless. The pain you go through now is not meaningless. But if you trust in me, I am weaving that suffering and that trust you're giving me, and I'm weaving around you in your life a weight of glory. You're being imbued with my life, my reality, so that one day when you stand in my presence, you'll recognize me and you'll see a friend. See, because Jesus understands. He understands us. He meets our needs, and as you trust him, you'll realize he's already met deepest needs in Jesus. Now all it takes for you and for me, day to day as we wake up, to choose to trust Jesus. To trust the King. What does that mean? To wrap it up, because that's a question, that's fair. Hey, I want that. How do I do that? Every day is the process of letting the self, the uh, overambitious, the self-centered self to die, right? Because when Jesus says you have a sin problem, come to heal that your sins are forgiven. We say sins, but really there's only one sin, and everything else we do is a symptom of that one sin. The only one sin that exists is that instead of letting God be the king of our lives, we push him out and we want to be the king of our lives. And that is the root of everything else that we do. And when Jesus says, I've come to heal that, Functionally, what's going to happen is Jesus makes himself available and you can trust him. By trusting him, you're saying, God, this morning, yeah, if I let myself just live, I'm going to make myself my own priority. I'm going to make myself my own king. But right now I affirm that you're the king and I want to live my life according to what you say. 
And it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes. You're going to say things I don't like. You're going to ask me to do things I don't want to do. But you're the king. I want to live the life that you want me to live. And you do that every day. Your life, your, that self that shouldn't be there is dying and a new self will be born. A self that is intimate. The self that's life is woven with the light of God found in Jesus Christ. And you'll still suffer because Jesus did. And you'll still weep when you're hurt because Jesus did. But you won't despair. You know that your hurt is a temporary thing and that at the end are God's everlasting arms of love. And that will transform your day, day to day. You'll have joy where you didn't think you could have it. You'll be able to forgive when you thought you couldn't forgive. You'll have a life of Jesus because he'll be your king. And that's just the very best thing. So I invite you, my friends, we're about to come to the Lord's table to bring your life and your very heart to God. Talk to him. Ask him, God, where is it that I'm, maybe I won't, I'm not comfortable saying you're my kid. Can you help me with that? What in me has to die for you to be my life and my life? Help me in that. Bring your life to God. I don't know your life, really. I can't know your life. And I'm not going to judge your spiritual journey. But Jesus knows. He cares. He understands you. Go to him. Amen? All right, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Lord, as we enter this room this morning, we bring our whole lives with us. And God, um, we could be a mystery to each one of us, uh, but you see us all the way down. You see the parts of us that try to do good in this, in this world. You see the parts of us that we're ashamed of, that we carry guilt and shame, that we wouldn't want anyone to see. God, you see all of that, all the way down. And God, I just want to thank you so much that you don't shame us, you don't judge us. You, you see us and you come with a word of, of hope, of love. You understand us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're invested in healing our lives. God, I pray that anything in our lives right now that is blocking your voice, that's block, trying to hide from your healing presence of love, I pray that you would, that you would kill it. Help us to receive your understanding, Lord. Help us to trust you every day of our lives. This we pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen.